Welcome back to the Memory Jogger podcast with Jason and Wyatt. This is Jason, and he is Wyatt. That is what I'm called, at least during the day. At night, it could be something else, like, uh, oh, walking, sleepwalking. <laughs> at least at this you have an alter ego, then. I'll, I'll call it an alter. I don't know why. I, I don't think it's really an ego of any type. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Well, uh, we appreciate uh, everyone joining us for episode four of the podcast. As we uh, attempt to jog our memories and run down a few childhood dreams. And uh, we, again, hope our conversation will help to stir up a few memories of your own as you listen. Well, the last episode we discussed about this unique opportunity we have to collaborate with a few of our fellow podcasters and bloggers, specifically about the 80s, as we talk about Christmas so uh, this ought to be a, a fun show and a, a unique way to essentially uh, talk about our Christmas memories as we specifically talk about the gifts we received. Yeah, uh, I know plenty of us, obviously, Christmas is a, a thrill for all of us. And when we were kids, I'm sure that some of us can recall getting that, I'll call it that funky clothes whether it was homemade or uh, <laughs> kind of like the ralphie uh, outfit but right. there are times where we got those cool toys and we couldn't believe that we got them or that you know the actual hey i actually got what i wanted you know sometimes they struck it you know struck it right you know, it's like, hey, mom and dad, we're actually paying attention to watching Mask. Well, I gotta, <laughs> I, I gotta try that one at least. Uh, but they uh, actually, they actually saw the uh, earmarked page in the Sears Wish Book. Oh, um, and uh, and ordered it. <laughs> well, if it was the toy section, you could pretty much bet it was all earmarked. At least most of it for me. Yeah. Well, uh, this ought to be a real fun uh, show as we are gonna. Uh, announce our top three. We're going to do a, a blog post as well, uh, announcing our top three. But we're going to go a little bit beyond that in this show, and uh, and throw in some more that we remember getting uh, over the holidays, and then talk about maybe uh, some traditions and maybe any presents you wanted that you never got, that kind of a thing. So uh, we're going to go a little bit beyond uh, just the topic of our top three Christmas gifts. Uh, but before we get into that, I just wanted to give a quick uh, shout to Dave over at the 80s Reboot Overdrive podcast and blog, who uh, sent me the invitation to collaborate on this topic. And uh, I've collaborated many times with uh, what is now known as the Pop Culture League. And this is through coolandcollected.com. But uh, this opportunity, I thought, was unique in that... Uh, it's a podcast and blog collaboration, uh, as there's several of us who run podcasts and also have websites and blogs. So uh, that was really cool. So I just wanted to give a quick shout to Dave for going ahead and uh, and sending me that invite. And I hope this was one of many to come uh, as we've kind of formed a little group on Facebook to uh, share ideas and such. But uh you know, he sent over this topic. It was simply put, you know, the top three '80s Christmas gifts, and it could have been 
you know, the ultimate gifts that you wanted as a kid, or it could just be the gifts that you personally received. And that's the way I wanted to, to spin the topic. And uh, this is pretty much perfect for our show, Wyatt and Memory Jogger, trying to remember uh, those gifts and such. So uh, as we discuss our memories, we will invite you to uh, find the 80s Reboot Overdrive podcast and then some of the other blogs that will be participating, like Return to the 80s, Ouija Midget, and also Killer Kitsch. <laughs> I don't know how to say that, uh, the, the blog name, but uh, those are all on WordPress. And uh, we'll be posting links to those in the show notes and also on the, uh, the actual blog post about our top three gifts. So everyone can easily find you know, these other podcasts and blogs and uh, see what their top gifts were uh, as well as ours. But uh, this is going to be a real fun show. And I guess before we get into the what exactly we remember getting, uh, what kind of traditions did you have growing up around Christmas? Is anything in particular that sticks out? Uh, on Christmas Day or leading up to Christmas, that kind of a thing, Wyatt? Well, usually what we did was the night before, uh, we had, they were actually cousins to my to my mom, but they would traditionally mm-hmm. mail Christmas gifts to us, kind of like what I, you and I both sometimes do to, to the other's kids mm-hmm. and say it's, you know, from aunt so-and-so or uncle so-and-so. And we would we were allowed to open their presents on Christmas Eve. Oh, oh, nice! And it would be just us, you know, one or two things. It really wasn't anything spectacular, uh, but you know that was the thrill to, to kind of quench our thirst for the moment. You know, probably just to keep us from nagging at mom and dad, going, "Can we open? Can we open? Can we?" Probably or what was going under the tree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but we do that our uh, Christmas tree. Decorating usually happened sometime after Thanksgiving. It, it was, there was no, what I recall, there was no set schedule. I want to say it was at least a couple weeks before. And we had the, we had the artificial for many years. I'm sure we had a real one from time to time, but most of the time was the artificial. In fact, I do remember it because it was that green, I call it a dowel rod because it wasn't much wider than that <laughs> with you stick them in type wire mesh limbs right for lack of a better term that you you kind of met if you know we it was kind of like the charlie brown artificial and it worked because once we were done it, you know you really couldn't tell that it was all uh it was really an artificial but that was our tradition really we'd had we'd have family come over periodically usually grandparents would stop over at some point we'd have a dinner uh sometimes mm-hmm. the one of the aunts uh literally walk across the yard to, to join in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't often, but I remember her and that was really, I guess it Christmas morning was, we were always anxious, but not, um, probably not what you would expect. Like seeing on home alone where we're all panicking to, you know, scrambling and knocking kids <laughs> over to get to the do- the, the tree and the presents. Uh, it wasn't like that. It was more like, Hey, it's Christmas. Hey, it's Christmas morning. Oh, okay. Can, can, can we open? Can we come, come on? Usually we had to wait till after breakfast. Oh man. Yeah. That, oh, that didn't last man. for very, I don't think for very long, but we had to, you know, do the, go through the, uh, the order of the day, I'll call it. And then it was a free for all after that. But, gotcha. Uh, how about, gotcha. how about on your side of the tracks? 
Oh, I was trying to remember some of the earlier Christmases. I'm known in certain circles as Mr. Christmas. Um, (laughs) It's my favorite holiday of the year. And I've developed more traditions, I guess, as I got older or my parents had when I was a kid. Uh, We had mainly, I remember mainly real trees. Dad would go out and get it and we would put it in our uh, dining room that was... uh, pretty much in front of our sliding glass windows that led out to the backyard because uh, once Christmas was over, you just opened up the sliding doors and shoved it out the window. <laughs> and then and there it was, was used no for deck. firewood later. Yeah, there was no deck out there. So it was just kind of a throwing it off a cliff <laughs> when we were the done beautiful, with it. The beautiful thing about yeah. living on the boonies like we did. you know. <laughs> yeah. But... um. So, yeah, I remember mainly real trees. I think at one point we did get an artificial tree. But um, I know as I got older, I wanted it up quickly. And it's now to the point where we usually get the stuff out around Thanksgiving Day. Sometimes the day after we'll get our tree up and start decorating and such. And um, so that we did that. Um, my extended family lived about two hours away on my dad's side. So we would, uh, I think typically do our Christmas, you know, at home and then drive up there for a Christmas meal with everybody later in the day and exchange presents and so forth. And then at some point I would, uh, head down to, uh, Clearfield with my grand, my uncle, and, uh, you know, exchange presents and stuff uh, there later during the day. But it was just me. I was an only child. So uh, I was I was pretty lucky. I was pretty spoiled, <laughs> <laughs> as you'll see uh, as we get into the to the gifts. But, uh, yeah, I I had such a, a fun time Christmas. It was one of those where I think they set a time. It's at one point, you know, you can't get up past seven o'clock or, you know, give us, give us some time to wake up. Uh, But it was, it was pretty much diving right in. And uh, one unique thing that I'm not sure exactly how it happened. If it was something my, my parents would turn on or if it was something that I picked up on, but uh, I was always turning on the TV to WPIX to watch the Yule log which I assume you know what that is. That's just basically the, uh, the fireplace for three hours uh, with the, uh, the Christmas music soundtrack. <laughs> we never had a, you know, we didn't have a uh, fireplace. We had a wood-burning stove in the basement that, that heated the house. So I never had that experience of, uh, you know, huddled around the fire in the living room, you know, that kind of a thing. So we would turn on the TV and get the uh, warm cathode ray glow of uh, <laughs> the fire that way. And Christmas well, music as your, you know, opening presents. Well, you would get some heat. I mean, those are the old CRTs put off some heat. <laughs> right, right. But um, so that, I remember that being a tradition, uh, that being on in the background kind of as we opened presents on Christmas Day. So uh, another one of those WPIX memories that we seem to to keep going back to. But um, I remember right. uh, leading up to Christmas, you know, getting the Sears wish book 
and going through that, circling, folding over pages, uh, giving my parents ideas. And I can't remember anything specific like, you know, I, I asked for this and they, and I got it. Um, I'm assuming some of the stuff that I did get, I asked for because my mom was, was pretty well in tune to what I was into and what I wanted for Christmas. So, uh, probably the majority of what I'll be talking about tonight was stuff that I earmarked in there. And, uh, that, that whole leading up to Christmas, I think at one point it was probably later in the eighties when, you know, you're past the Santa age and, uh, I remember digging around for presents in my parents' closet. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if you ever did that, but uh, I did do that. And I remember some years uh, finding some things that was uh, put aside for Christmas. Yeah, I I was, I guess, too too nice. Uh, We never really looked all that often. It wasn't until probably about the same time frame, like uh, age time frame, that we kind of got inquisitive. And I remember stumbling onto a VCR and I'm like, Oh, this is oh that was like the jackpot right there. I'm like, awesome. You finally get a VCR. <laughs> well, uh I never I never ran into anything like that. For some reason, uh one year I got these uh NFL mascot uh trading cards and they had a whole line. I think they were called the uh huddles like NFL huddles or something like that. And they had like a caricature of the NFL mascot, like the Atlanta Falcons. It was a Falcon bird, you know, and and he had this helmet on. Uh, I I used to have a bunch of those trading cards. And then there were some other things that they made, little plush things. And there might've been soap on a rope or something. I remember, (laughs) I remember stumbling (laughs) into, into that for some reason in my mind when I was, you know, digging around for presents. And that had to have been, uh, you know, mid to late 80s uh, when that stuff was popular. I've seen some of that in in some of the old catalogs that I've gone through since then uh, online. I think there's a actually a, uh, a Flickr account that has scans like page by page of several of the Sears wish books. And uh, nice. our, the person who runs retromash.com and his name skips my mind but he does a an advent calendar each year and he goes through the UK equivalent to the Sears wish book which I think is called the Argos catalog and he posts uh, little uh, items out of those catalogs oh man some great stuff great stuff but a uh, little shout out to him but anyway let's uh, I guess let's dive in and uh, give me one of your Christmas gifts from the eighties that you remember opening up doesn't, like I said, doesn't necessarily have to be something that you remember asking for, but uh, what were, what, what's your, what's your number one, I guess. Well, uh, I actually was trying to go over my head what I remember mm-hmm. getting uh, most of which I have up in my shed. So it's easy to just figure out what I got <laughs> for Christmas. Uh, I just got to pick duck. one. Yeah. Uh, the only one that I, I, it came to me actually tonight was uh, I used to drive this. It was a orange, not the General Lee, sorry, as much as I wanted <laughs> that. It was a pedal car. If you remember those back in the day, uh, mm-hmm. it was kind of like the power wheels, but without the battery powered machine, you actually had pedals in it. 
mm-hmm. and you pedaled it. And I never, I was never able to get that to go the direction I wanted to go. If I wanted to pedal it, it usually went backwards. So <laughs> I actually did the Fred Flintstone most of my time with that car. And, uh, and I, I went through two, I, I want to say two sets of the plastic tires. Uh, this is the Duke boy coming in me and I didn't realize how much, how much of a Duke boy I was, I guess, <laughs> or how much I watched him, but I would power slide before I knew it was a power slide down our one street and corner nice. and cut the corner. I never, never spilled nothing, never did anything, but I'd, you know, power slide it and then go trucking right down to the, to the end of the street. And that was, that was my, I'll call it my corridor. I was allowed to go the full length of our street and up to the alley, which is basically half, half the street mm-hmm. um, around the corner. But I had to basically come around. And the only reason I was allowed up that side was the neighbor was a cop. He's, he was the sheriff at the time. So it was kind of like, oh, nothing will happen if the sheriff's around there. So, <laughs> but yeah, that was probably one of my, that had to be my top one. Cause I had that for years. Uh, I fake oil changed it. Uh, when when they, I remember they had to trade out the license plate at some point for one of the cars. Not that we, not that we replaced the car, but like PennDOT changed out the actual format uh, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So my dad drilled and screwed on a, a license plate to the tailgate of the truck. So I actually had a tailgate. <laughs> nice. <Pretty sweet>. Yeah. <laughs> I even had the, you remember the oil sticker, the oil change stickers that some dealerships would do? They put it on the inside of the door and it was like a post-it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my dad, my dad, my (laughs) dad, yeah, I don't know how my dad got them, uh, but he would, you know, grab basically a pad of them and, Uh and he'd do that for his car and then I'd do it for my little plastic one. I'd just slap it on it. Nice. Yeah, it was I had it all rigged up. I'm surprised I remember that much with it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty pretty sweet. How about you? What was your coveted so, uh, present? Uh, well, I, I had to start with something that I still have because a lot of my stuff disappeared or I guess was donated to a, uh, a family that uh, we knew that they didn't have much. Uh, and this was around the time that I went to college. I was trying to remember if my mom actually asked me if it was okay to to give away some of my uh, action figures and toys and such, and I, I don't I don't remember if if that took place. But anyway, I came home one summer and all of my Masters of the Universe and Thundercats figures were gone, <laughs> and I was like, oh no, not all of them. Give them a few, but anyway. Um, so I lost some of my stuff. I still have a few things and some I've actually sold to, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned on this show, but sold to build my mask collection. But mm-hmm. uh, one that I still have that's kind of my pride and joy is the uh, original G.I. Joe Sky Striker jet. And nice. uh, this was released in, well, it was it was part, I was doing some little bit of research today. It was part of the second series of toys that Hasbro released around 1983 and they actually kept manufacturing the jet until 1985. 
So I would guess it's somewhere in there, the 83, 84 range, because I do actually have some pictures from 1985 and that Christmas, and I had already had it by then. So uh, I got that. It was something that I kept close at hand. I, I don't hardly ever remember taking it like over to friends' houses or uh, uh, even outside very much. I, I mainly kept it inside, and uh, it's... I I would love to restore it, the stickers and some right. of the yellowing and and that sort of a thing. Um, and I still have all of the missiles and stuff somewhere, and I still have the figure. Um, nice. But yeah, that was uh, that was one of the the earlier Christmas presents that uh, I got. And oh man, I, I it was just uh, I was in the GI Joe. I, re- I remember actually watching. Uh, somehow, I still remember watching the the miniseries of uh, GI Joe: Real American Hero, like those first five episodes that they released, which w- had to have been like eighty two or eighty three. Uh, that's one of my earliest memories of GI Joe watching that. So I was into that. I was into that. Uh, I'd watch it in the afternoons as well with Transformers. So uh, so getting that jet, um, man, I was. I was loving it, and I've that's <laughs> essentially been one of the things that I made sure I I kept <laughs> and kept away from mom after she started you know divvying out my my figures. I wanted to keep that thing, and uh, luckily I still have it. Right. So, so that would be my number one gift that I received in the eighties. What's another one for you? Well, that was about the time that a lot of the game systems were just starting to birth. Most notably the Atari. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, my dad thought it would be smarter that I'd actually have a computer rather than a game, just a game, straight game console, so that mm-hmm. I could learn a little bit of computer language and you know maybe become the next Bill Gates, which I'm sure he <laughs> didn't know who he was at the time. So I got a Texas Instruments TI-99-4A. That's the model number. And I still have that beast to this day. <laughs> I haven't cracked it out recently, but I did I did hook it up about, oh, it had to have been about six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed that the uh, the keys aren't responding correctly. This, this, for the listeners, Jason knows, knows the, of this computer, obviously, but for the listener, uh, Google the TI-99-4A, and there was a joystick that you could use. It was, uh, I'll call it a kind of an adaptation to the Atari and maybe like a Coleco-style mm-hmm. joystick, but it never responded well. At least I didn't have the patience for it. But your other option was that keyboard didn't have arrow keys like we know it today on on our modern computers. What it had was up, down, left, and right were E, X, S, and D were the keys. That was all respectively. And your fire button was like Q or enter or the that. Wow. And then there was a host of other keys that you could use for it. And I, I say that because, you know, you want to go up or down, left, right, however you're playing your games was all on those that ESDX. Right. And I'd written a short program. It was actually for a, a Sunday school illustration for some teens. Simple bouncy ball thing. And I was able to turn it out. However, every time I push 
E was the, the bigger culprit. Every time I pushed E, I get five E's. So I, it was really <laughs> jacked up. Um, but I have played it. I like it. I still love playing Parsec, which was like the, I think the standard game that came with it. There was a game I've lost. I cannot find this game. And I loved it. It was called The Tank. And basically you just went around and you literally battled another tank back and forth. Uh-huh. There was one called Hunt the Wampus, which was uh, an awesome game. I remember that. Um, Car Wars, which was cool, it was kind of like a kind of like a Pac-Man style. Well, no, that was Jawbreaker, I guess. Jawbreaker Two is what I had. And yes, I remember that. Like yeah, brush, you could like brush his teeth or something too. I well, that was, that was the end. If you got past the stage, you hear the <sighs> and it would you hear the jig 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 the corny. <laughs> 28-bit sound effect, <laughs> and then you see it disappear, and then it yeah. move on to the next phase. Uh, Car Wars, I guess it's more like a maze-style game where you battled against another car. And the idea was the other car was trying to crash you, and you had to avoid it and get all the dots, just like Pac-Man. I was somewhat okay with it. I mean, I was successful like for three or four rounds, and then that was mm-hmm. usually it. I, uh, remember, it was, uh, I remember playing football on that. Yeah, football was awesome. Which, I mean, it was kind of, compared to the games of today, I mean, you actually had to sit and wait. You literally, it was really lame is the best way to put it because you had to, especially if you play with a, a friend, Jason, mm-hmm. uh, you'd, you'd play with someone. You had to, like, have people turn away or hide what your play was. Right. Because it was plain as day. So if you wanted to, like, blitz, well, you know that the, the team is going gonna, is gonna to blitz. So you... <laughs> run a different, you know, offensive or whatever. So it was just back and forth. And it was, sometimes it looked like it was jamming up because you see the, the characters, which were just helmets stand there. (laughs) And you're like, is it playing? Did it jam up? And then eventually you'd see the ball go. Finally, Uh, it was just, uh, it would take, yeah, it probably took about as long as a regular football game to just to play the dang game. Well, I would liken it to the, uh, that old school, um, Commodore football. Oh, sorry. No, the old school football game where you had the the players and it vibrated the field and you know it moved around and stuff. I think our mutual friend Leaf had it, but you didn't control any of the players. It was just essentially plugging in the plays and watching the little helmets move on the screen. Right. It was so basic, but uh, right. we, but we still played it a lot. Oh yeah, and they you know I, I still love it to this day. They still have. Um, on Android, there's actually a TI Texas Instruments droid. Oh, Same really? Thing. It's TI. I think it's called TI Droid or something. Droid TI or something like that. I have it on my other Android, and I play it from time to time. It has a <laughs> lot of games. It doesn't have Hunt the Wampus, which I feel cheated. But does it, does it have uh, Alpiner? Yes, it does, and it has the. I still have that game too. Uh, but it, it like help. Uh, what was the other one? That one was fun. I remember playing that one a lot. That was the game that you and I both say the line from from time to time. It goes, uh, game over, press redo, or back. Or back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was like you're climbing up a mountain and you got to avoid animals and falling rocks and uh, even like a skunk, right? Yes, a skunk. <laughs> we used to joke and say it wasn't a skunk. It was like a, a dog pooping on you because that's what it looked like. <laughs> but there was a mountain lion. Uh, there's a, bear. a crazy game. There's a campfire. 
yeah, it that's actually loaded on that droid. Uh, it's free too, so just go look for it. You can still program it too if you wanted to sit there and. I might have to. That was your computer in whatever we were using in. Well, I guess it would have been about fifth grade. So what is that? Eleven years old. That would have been about eighty-seven. Seven. Yeah. When I took that computer class at school, but between that and your computer was my first introduction, you know, to computing and, and yours, I, it was still to me more of an Atari cause you could play the games on it and stuff, but uh, I'm sure you did a lot more than, than that. Uh, I, I did some programming. I, I still have, in fact, I still have the book and I've done programming with it back in the day, but they were so long and it mm-hmm. never saved until years later. I had, I was able to pick up. Um, <laughs> it's so hilarious what technology was like, but there the way to say was you had you either spent I don't know how much money it was it was an exorbitant amount to get the expansion the disk drive expansion kit, which then you had the five and a quarter floppy, or <laughs> you saved yourself a few bucks and bought, which I thought was hilarious once I got it. It was a cassette player, the old push button single. Single speaker, you see them. You see them on all '80s shows. I swear you do. But it was that that flipped up and put in. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. You so you had that. That was your data, and the only thing that was different that I could see was that they it actually had a remote control hookup, like a phone jack, uh, a headphone jack, rather. And you'd hear it you'd, when you'd save the data to it. You literally <laughs> press record, and you'd say, you know, I think it was save data or save to cassette or whatever, and you hear this. It was like the dial-up modem, but on huge amounts of steroids because it would just <laughs> scream and scream and scream and scream until it was done. So that's all you hear is <laughs> it would just go and go and go. And I found, I stumbled on a cassette, again, about that same time frame, I stumbled on a cassette that had something on it. That's that data oh, wow. screen. I was so tempted to hook it up, but I, I never got around to it. <laughs> but yeah, that was... Out of all the toys I've had, I think that was one of my most – that and that pedal car is probably my most revered, mm-hmm. loved mm-hmm. Um, gifts. What about you? What was your number two? Uh, my number two well, I would have got in 1985 uh, because I have the pictures. I actually – in 1985, I got a GoBots uh, camera. It was basically just your your typical – what were those cartridges? I want to say 110, but I don't know if that's correct. Yep. But they were like a 110. The two with the two ends you plugged in, and uh, it had the uh, the the tower flash that had like I don't yep. know six or eight flashes on it. So I took pictures of everything I got for that Christmas of 1985, and I used that camera for years. I mean, like probably a good five or six years. It still it took great pictures, and it was. You know, it just had a GoBot sticker on the side, and it eventually fell off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I think it was actually my gram that bought that for me because I would show her the pictures, and she'd be like, "Wow, that was that's a pretty good camera." You know, other than having a leader one on the side. Anyway, so I remember taking a picture of this, and I, I'm going to post it in the blog post for this uh, for this show. But uh, it was a diecast Voltron. And I still have it. It nice. was uh, it was made by Matchbox, 
came out in 84. And I was trying to remember today, I was, I was doing a little bit of research to see if it had some accessories like the Blazing Sword, and I was pretty sure it did. But that yeah, sadly it did has come not... With it. It did not uh did not make it because I still have it, and it's it's one of my most revered. Just my one B. I, I always say that my one B uh, under the Sky Striker is that diecast Voltron, and it's pretty much survived. Uh, I'm missing an ear off the Yellow Lion, <laughs> but uh, everything else is pretty much functional. Each well, the blue and the yellow line, the yellow line, the ears came out and it had like guns on the inside of the ears. And then the blue line, the head kind of lifted up a little bit. But um still have it. It's still in pretty good condition. And uh I know they go for for some pretty good money on eBay if I were ever to sell it, but I don't I don't think I ever will. Uh, unless, uh, unless somebody trades me something really good for it. <laughs> like but, a new uh, car. <laughs> well, yeah. Hey, uh, hey, there you go. The new DeLorean that's coming out. Perfect trade right there. <laughs> down payment, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I I had that. Again, I kept that thing under pretty much under lock and key from... <laughs> from anyone if it was getting played with it was uh it was getting played with in the house you know i wasn't taking that over to friends or anything right i kept that uh that thing in hand a lot uh throughout that year and uh oh man it's just so great it's it's heavy too man you could oh, like yeah. knock somebody out with it <laughs> if you got mad but you see there's there's was several versions of voltron back in the day they went plastic and they there's some that are really simplified, but this one had the, you know, the working legs and uh, all the the bells and whistles you'd want on a Voltron to, it was basically a, uh, what was the, uh, the Transformer, the five Devastator. It Devastator. was basically a, a Devastator Transformer, you know, if you've, right. if you've seen it or uh, you know the era, but. Man, that thing was great, and uh, I, yeah, I took a picture of it sitting. Uh, I stood it up on the coffee table and took a picture of it. So <laughs> I'll post that on the on the uh, website. But yeah, that that's definitely my number two, uh, right behind the Sky Striker. So let's go on to your uh, number three. Number three. Uh, that's what I actually had to think quite a bit on because. Uh, I used to love whenever my dad, my parents would give me like Legos. That was, I, I was a Lego fiend. Uh, but mm-hmm. going through my head, I think the most, uh, the higher one out of all, all the stuff I've had is probably my Optimus Prime, the original. Mm-hmm. I still have him. He's pretty well stood, stood the test of times. I still have the gun, but I don't have uh, mm-hmm. the piss. Um, but he's still pretty well. Uh, he's pretty well worn. I I know I I drove the heck out of him, <laughs> but yeah, I I still have him. Uh, I got I know I listed out a lot of transformers. I still have right. uh, in the I think in our meet the hosts episode of uh, Memory Jogger. But yeah, that's out of all of them. I think I still have that. I, I have a couple other things, but uh, I think that's probably the the top third <laughs> out of gotcha. all of them. How about you? What was your number three? Uh, my number three, 
I was into I was into several cartoons, and I had I had a mixed bag in my toy box. I had uh, uh, you know a few figures from Masters of the Universe. I had a few from uh, Thundercats. Uh, I had a few GI Joes, and then I had like one big thing, or maybe one or two vehicles in GI Joe's case. But I remember getting it would have probably been like eighty six or eighty seven. I actually got the electronic version of the Thundercats layer, which was originally released in eighty six by uh, LJN, and this was a a very unique castle a playset. I remember actually I had Castle Grayskull. And uh, as much as that was fun and you had the trap doors and stuff, this was like, you know, 10 steps beyond that because you had some like laser light action going on. You could, it was like a battle. It came with uh, one of the mutants vehicles and you could stick a guy on there and it had these like little shields or something that was on the vehicle. And then you had uh, the cat slayer, the big uh, cat, that's looking down on you in his mouth. There was a laser like light light beam. And there was one on this mutant vehicle and you could shoot at each other. If you hit the, uh, the vehicle, then these little shields or something popped off. And essentially that was, uh, you know, I got you. And then if the vehicle hit you and there was like a little, it might've been the, the symbol or something below or right above the door, right below the, the cat's head. If you hit that, then the doors opened to the lair. And, you know, your guys could rush inside and <laughs> storm the castle. And then it had where the paws come out. There was a couple compartments there. Uh, and I remember it, it had like a trap door or something on the inside as well. I think right after you walked inside. But, uh, man, this thing was glorious. And I had... Oh, I must have had maybe two or three figures. I remember having Lino. I remember having the monkey and guy uh, as one of the bad guys. And I had Panthro. So I, I know I had at least those three. And uh, my buddy Tim would come down. I remember playing with that in our uh, dining room like shortly after Christmas. It must have been f- actually finally getting to play, you know, a battle <laughs> with the thing with, you know, one of my friends that really kind of stuck out in my memory but man i was spoiled (laughs) yeah because uh that i think that might have been one of the casualties too that my mom gave away with those figures she also gave away that castle and uh man i wish i still had it to this day but um it was it was great it was it was really great and i you know i'm a big i was big into masters universe and obviously mask and boulder hill put that above either of those two uh, really yeah don't don't tell my uh, my mask friends uh but yeah that was I like think we might i think we might <laughs> lose some of our fans <laughs> man that that was just a great play set really great yeah it, it was pretty cool i remember remember seeing the commercials for it but uh mm-hmm. yeah i don't remember seeing your that in your collection but i guess i'm gonna i'm gonna hop down a bunny trail just for a short bit Sure. How cool was it when we went to RetroCon in 2015 when we got to meet the guy that voiced Lino? Kenny, Larry yeah. Kenny, yeah. That, that was, was really cool. Yeah. I mean, I just now think about it because, you know, you're 
you said you had Lionel figure the figure. So I'm like, man, right. that, be, that had to been just like, dude, I get to, you know, I get to meet him. Just like we felt the same way with meeting Doug Stone. Just like, oh, this is so surreal. We get to meet yeah. these voices. Yeah. And I wish I had gotten something signed by him. That uh, Same here. I, I kick myself sometimes. I was so focused. And we, you know, actually being on a panel was just mind blowing to us and to actually, you know, sit next to Doug stone. I mean, that was just really cool. So we didn't, right. I, at least I wasn't focusing on, okay, well I got to, you know, find something Thundercats to get them, you know, to sign. And, you know, John uh, Machida jr. Was there the micro machines man. And I, I, mm-hmm. I had to scour the, uh, the tables there to find a micro machine set to get them to sign, you know, that kind of a thing. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it was really cool to meet him. I was I was big into Thundercats back in the day. I haven't gone back and really collected much beyond. Uh, I actually gotten some of the comics. They they ran for, oh, I think pretty good. Maybe 30, 40 issues uh, back in the day, like in the mid 80s. I've gone <laughs> back and gotten a few of those uh, because it was just so rich and vivid and that whole third earth with all the different creatures and and everything that that they would come upon on the show made it one of my favorites. So right, yeah, getting that cat slater was was really cool. So well, beyond uh, our top three there, that'll finish that out, and you can see those on the sites. But uh, let's go a little bit beyond that. What else do you remember getting for Christmas? Well, uh, if we list them all, I think we'll be doing this for the next couple of days. But um... <laughs> Well, I've got uh, just a couple more, so let's maybe throw out a couple more. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Just a couple, and we should be good. Um, going through the <laughs> list in my head, and what I still have in my toy boxes up in the up in the shed, uh, I would have to say my next favorite was probably my Nintendo NES. I know I got it kind of late in the game. I probably did did receive it around '89. Mm-hmm. I want to say is when I actually got it. Uh, maybe 90. Um, wow. But that's about the time I got mine and I had to, I got it secondhand. So uh, I never got one brand new. Well, I, what, when did it come out? 85, I want to say. Uh, 85, maybe 86, but yeah, it was in several, that mid 80s era. After. But uh, yeah, I remember getting it. And of course you get Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt, the combo. I, mm-hmm. Don't know if she bought anything. My my mom bought anything else for that at that time. I know eventually I got. We went to. Um, oh man, I'm trying to think of that game. Get that that the trading post uh, down in Clearfield. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right next to the Ritz Theater. Right, and I remember buying a few games from them because of well, it was cheaper. And it was you could. I remember this now because I would. I was there often, and. Uh, I remember actually like riding my bike down there, but you could trade uh, a game in for a dollar. So anything you had in the case, you could bring one in if you, you know, you were done playing with it or whatever, you just trade it in for a dollar. And if you had the manual that went with the game, you could trade one in. If if there was one that didn't have the manual, you could get it basically for free. Because you're, nice. you know, he was getting. If you're getting the manual, uh, I, he, I think maybe he charged two dollars or something. It was a little bit more, but oh yeah, I mean that place was great because he had 
a selection of NES and Sega Genesis at the time. And that was about the time that, uh, I don't know if I bought it from him, the NES that I had, but I got one secondhand somewhere and I had both systems. So I would go back and forth between the right. NES and the Sega Genesis. Right. Uh, but I remember time. going there to buy, that's how I landed my Airwolf cartridge. Oh, nice. There was one other one. It wasn't very often I got stuff from there. I, I want to say I only got like three or four games from them. Arch Rivals was one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say, I think Sky Shark was actually a bot, like another like a Christmas present or birthday present later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one other one. And it's not Knight Rider. I don't know how I even picked that one up, to be honest. But anyway, I picked a couple up from there i don't know where i got like i said i don't remember where i got the rest of them uh, imagine it was must have been birthday presents or something mm-hmm. um but yeah that was that was probably my number four i know that like i said i have a host of other things i could probably list but that was probably the the one i had and i remember ruining it i'll call it um me and my oh yeah yeah what i mean by ruining it it's 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 still i think it's still functional it have i haven't dragged it out for a while being in electronics school, they said that you can clean the uh, the case of your like VCR and stuff and make them a little bit cleaner by using rubbing alcohol. Mm-hmm. So I did that, and doing that, I rubbed off the red ink that you know says Nintendo NES on the freaking front of the door. So <laughs> yeah, it's the only, it's probably one of the few nameless NESs, but it is a true <laughs> NES. I just you know wiped it clean, so. <laughs> mine got to the point where I had to rip the cover off because the game wouldn't go down when you stuck it in <laughs> and I would try to fiddle with it and stuff. And so I had to essentially rip the cover off to get the thing to stay down and hit it at the right spot. <laughs> so mine didn't have a cover for the longest time. What was your number yeah, four, I, I guess? Um, well, I, along those lines, it would have been probably around 86 or 87 that I got my, I guess it would have been my second console because I had an Atari 2600. I'm not sure if that was a Christmas present. I'm, I'm guessing it would be. And I got that, I think, fairly early. But I got the Sega Master System, yeah. 6 or 87. And I specifically remember uh, going to... I think it was uh, Montgomery Ward. Um, and I was trying to remember if it was at, or maybe it was Hills. It could have been Hills in State College. It was one of those, either Montgomery Ward and Dubois or Hills in State College I went to. And they had both of them set up. They had the NES and the Second Master System set up side by side. And for the most part, people were you. It was kind of like uh, being at an arcade, but you're you're at this department store, and there's a line of kids in the aisle just watching and waiting for that kid's parents to say, "All right, Timmy, it's time to come home. You know, time to check out." And had to pass the controller on to the next kid. You know, I remember doing that, and like nobody was playing the the Master System. It was on Nintendo. Somebody would right. pick it up and put it down, and but. Um, I got that, and I think it was because it had that 3D glasses uh, system 
they called it the uh, Sega Scope glasses. And I got that when I got my Master System. And it came with a, a like a light gun, just basically like the Zapper nice. for the NES. And uh, I think that's probably why I chose that over the Nintendo. And I had that for years in my room. Mainly, well, the, the games that came with it were Zaxxon 3D. Remember Zaxxon? That was kind of that almost diagonal scrolling game where you could go up and down. and Right. That was a 3D game. And then there was also one that was called Missile Defense. And these missiles would kind of shoot at you. And I think you used the, the light gun for that. But it wasn't too long after that. I don't know. Maybe, I want to say maybe it was a few months that uh, the, the way the glasses worked, it it was, uh, there was something in each lens and uh, that made the 3D effect. And one of the lenses went out. So oh. I was down to like one and a half D <laughs> trying to play <laughs> these games. And I was like, oh man. And I can't remember if we tried to take it back or exchange it or something, but uh, the 3D part of that went out. So I, I, I really never picked up those 3D games again. And I was mainly on, I had all of the, uh, the sports games. They're all called great. It was like great basketball, great baseball, great football. I remember playing those a lot. I remember playing, there was a game for ALF that was nice. just super hard. It was so hard, dude. And it was one of those games where you had, uh, all right, you got to go uh, down in this cave and get this piece to your spaceship, but there's bats down there. And how you defeat the bats is you have to go back up and go to the kitchen of your house and get this big salami to beat these bats off with. And then... <laughs> you have to go here and get this other part of the ship. And then once you assemble the ship, then there was this whole, uh, it was really difficult where you're in space and you're trying to avoid stuff and you're trying to get back to Melmac. And I, I don't know. I don't remember ever completing it, <laughs> but uh, I loved Alf. So it was right. just fun to walk around as Alf anyway. So I, I remember getting that it's around 86 or 87. And that was, uh, that was before I ever had an NES. Uh, it was probably early 90s before I got my NES. And then eventually got the Sega Genesis too. So I was I was living the high life there for a while. But I, it was unique because, you know, everybody had an NES. And I would go over to my friend's houses like you and several others who had the NES. I remember going to Leaf's birthday party when he got... Super Mario Brothers 3. Do you remember that? I don't know if it was his party, but I remember playing it. And man, that was just... To us, was that a, was awesome to, to be able to oh, play 3 and see you know Mario flying. and Oh, man. Yeah, and he was, you know, when it's your birthday, you get to <laughs> direct, the, uh, the direct the party. But I remember just, just watching it. I don't remember ever playing it, but I remember watching it at his party. Yeah and all the different things you could do with it. And, oh, man, that was just, that was crazy. But every, all my friends had the uh, Nintendo, and uh, I was the only one that had the Sega Master System, so I thought that was that was kind of fun that I had something different when they came over. I don't remember your so. Master System. I remember the, the Genesis, because I used mm-hmm. to love playing, like, OutRun and uh, Sonic. So Yeah. 
I kind of retired it <laughs> after I got the Nintendo. When I, once I had the Nintendo and Genesis set up, uh, I didn't go back to it too much. I don't know if it was just the... It had kind of fizzled out, and it didn't sell as well as the NES. Uh, so I don't know if they when the point was where they quit making games and, and so forth, but I essentially retired it at one point and, and went on to the other stuff, and especially since we had that trading post there to to get new stuff. That, that was real easy to get new games and oh, yeah. on those systems. So, Well, you got one more for me? Yeah, and this one was kind of hard to think about because... Um... You know, me and my Dukes of Hazard. I thought I'd actually pick this out, but then I remembered my dad got me an Airwolf. It was a gas-powered Airwolf. Oh, wow. But it wasn't remote control, which kind of felt pointless. Uh, <laughs> and we never flew it. It has never seen the air. Uh, I was so afraid that... Because the whole idea of this stupid thing was, you know, you fill it with this little can of gas, and you had this little battery... Uh, and you basically got it cranked up. Uh-huh. And then it would, you know, I usually held it by the airwolf wings until it ran out of gas. So if I let it outside hanging by the string, basically to keep it somewhat anchored to me, what happens when the string cuts out? You know, that was my fear. And where I lived, especially around my dad's, I lived in a bunch of trees. So it, oh, it yeah. probably would be taken out. So... I remember firing that thing up usually in his basement and you'd, you'd hear it. And that was it. <laughs> but I loved it because it was, I actually had an airwolf in my hand. I actually have two airwolves uh, come to think of it. I have a, a regular toy airwolf right. that you can play with and do whatever else, you know, just play along with mask or whomever. You know. uh, I think I remember that. Actually, if any of my, and if you were Facebook friends, Jason, you were, I actually had that up for a while as my background or profile picture. Cause you see, <laughs> you see Adam, my son, my older son out playing with mostly mask, but you see airwolf next to, I think switchblade. So, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, what, what was your, cool. uh, probably, probably one of your last coveted items. Well, I, I was, just going through a, a mental inventory of what I I sold on eBay to to fund my mass collection. I remember I had the uh, the GoBots base, which was like this. Uh, it was almost like one of those Imperial Walkers, the at ats from Star Wars when oh, it was yeah. when it would uh, be in that position. But it would basically stand up, and you had this like two or three level base and a elevator on the inside in this big robot face that you could push a button and it buzzed. Um, I ended up uh, selling that on eBay and several of my GoBots. I had the, um, it was the Rambo helicopter. Oh uh, yeah, I remember that beast. And the Rambo figures were tall. It, it seemed like they were taller Maybe about as tall as the Thundercats, because the Thundercats, I want to say, were just a little bit bigger than, uh, like, Masters of the Universe. Right. But uh, I had, I was big into Rambo for a while. Uh, not that I ever remember watching the movies or anything. But, there, you know, there's a whole toy line. There was a cartoon, Rambo cartoon. I don't remember watching it, but I had several of the figures, 
and then that helicopter was uh, like trigger controlled. So you it had like the wings like Airwolf, and there's these huge missiles that hung off the side, and you could pull the trigger to turn the blades on top. And I also remember having a Rambo M60. And, oh, this thing was cool because we played a lot in the woods and a lot of Army and G.I. Joe, you know, back in the woods with and building our own forts and stuff. This thing, it was two parts. You could pull off the, the nose of this gun and it would essentially be your M16 and it made that sound when you pulled the trigger. And then on the end there, where the piece that you could take off was a dart gun. One of those like fluorescent orange darts you used to get back in the day. And you could, uh, it had a, like a bipod that you could flip down and like snipe people with <laughs> on the ground with it. So, uh, oh yeah, I was huge in the Rambo for a while. But I guess the one that I'll put out there that I specifically remember getting for Christmas was uh, later in the 80s when the starting lineup figures were big baseball, basketball, football figures that uh, were basically action figures, but were they were uh, on like little stands. And I, I think it was, they weren't removable essentially. So you just stood them up and then you could move their arms into different positions. And uh, I was a huge, still am a huge Los Angeles Lakers fan. So one Christmas I got Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I still have those as well. Held on to those for several years, and they came with a a trading card uh, in the package. And I still have the cards too in one of my books of uh, trading cards out there. But uh, those were for the longest time. If anybody was into trading cards and sports and stuff as kid in the mid to late eighties, those starting lineup figures were were pretty uh, sought after, and uh, they had usually two or three players from every team. So there was a lot to collect if you wanted to, you know, go out there and collect them all. But uh, that was probably one of the later gifts I remember getting in the eighties, probably around 88 uh, when I got those, I did look them up online. And I think those uh, specific ones that I have were released in 88. So that was, uh, those were really fun. But uh, what presents, if any, Maybe you uh, wanted that you remember maybe circling in the yearbook, uh, in the yearbook, in the wish book <laughs> that maybe you never got. Oh, uh, there's probably a slew of them uh, that I circled. I know a lot of it was mask related. Um, <laughs> uh, I only ever got the condor. I'm trying to think what other things. The only thing that came up to my mind is I was a big, big Ultron fan. Still am, I guess. Mm. And the one, the one thing I never got was what you had—the <laughs> diecast Voltron. The diecast Voltron, and I, I wanted one of those for years. And then, uh, haphazardly enough, I think it was around 2000, maybe just a tad later. I was walking through, trying to think where I was in that era. I had to have been out in. Trying to think where I was. I, I think I was actually still out in Illinois. Anyway, mm-hmm. I was walking through a Kmart and I literally just, by coincidence, passing by the clearance aisle. And lo and behold, is the plastic remake that they made uh, when, oh, Voltron, wow. 
when Voltron came back out, Voltron came back out in, around that era as Voltron mm-hmm. 3D, the third dimension. Mm-hmm. I liked it because it brought back a few of the original cast members, voice cast members. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, and I had the plastic one. I'm like, dude, I'm picking this up because it was like 20, 25 bucks. No, it was 10. Oh, wow. It was 10 for the plastic. And then uh, they actually had a stealth Voltron that was part of that show, which I didn't even know about until I, I rewatched it here on Netflix here some time ago. And uh, there was a stealth. They basically literally entered a third dimension and somehow the lions would change into this black stealth type Voltron lion, except that they had one little swipe of the color. So like red lion had a red swipe and so forth. Uh-huh. Uh, but they had that toy set there too, but I'm like, okay, never heard of this. I'm, I don't need it. But nonetheless, I, like I said, I put the, picked up the, my plastic guy for 10 bucks and I'm just about as happy. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm not at anything, but yeah, cool. as a kid, I was, I was really wanting one of those, uh, Voltras like you, like you had. <laughs> How about you? What was your, probably one of your favorites or one of, one of the things that you wanted as a, as a kid? Well, I remember having a small, you remember the slot racing cars oh, yeah. uh, and tracks that they had uh, back in the day. And there were several that they had that were um, licensed, you know, themed slot racing tracks. Uh, there was a Thundercats track, I remember. And uh, I think Transformers had one. Uh, G.I. Joe had a couple, uh, some with like trains and stuff, I remember. And the ones that I always circled were those Tyco ones that went up on the walls and stuff. I think they called them like oh, cliffhangers yeah. or something. Yep. And there were some, they, at one point they went to like glow in the dark. I think they called it night glow and you could turn off the lights and, and race. Oh, I was always circling those in the, in the wish book and never got one. I don't know what it was about those, those slot racing tracks, but they just look cool on the commercials and, uh, it was by Tyco, of course. You know, remember those commercials? <laughs> that announcer, I they do. just, uh, oh man, he made it sound like they were the greatest thing in the world. And I remember in the wish book, there was always like maybe a couple smaller tracks that were, you know, 20, 30 bucks. And then there was always one that was like engulfing several kids <laughs> as they were using it. That was this huge. And it was, you know, $100 or more. And uh, I remember really wanting something like that, but I had no idea where we would set it up. <laughs> you know, We did have a basement that was unfinished, but I don't know. I just like those, uh, those slot racers and, and all the different things, all the different, uh, you know, licensed ones, but never got one as a kid, hmm. so... I guess I'll put that as my number one that, uh, that I never got. <laughs> so, well, if, uh, else you want to add to the list or, uh, to the, uh, well, the list you didn't get. No, I, there, I know quite a bit of what I had, maybe we'll save it for another episode where we basically open up our toy boxes and kind of run down what, what we've yeah. done or have, or did have, at one point, like I said, I, I have most of mine. I just got to break it out out of the shed. Uh, if I do that, I know I'm going to have my buddy with me, though. 
<laughs> right. And he'll yeah. be transforming he's, everyone. He's, he's already itching here. He's, uh, I had him up there looking at Prowl. Was that, is that the, the Lamborghini? Yeah. Yeah. And, I think we talked about that before. Yeah, yeah. And he's already itching. He goes, can, can, can we go up in your shed and play with the police car? I'm like, Oh no, no, yes, no, yes. And my wife actually is trying to say as many kids as we want. And we already have, you know, baby number two, there's always going to be the younger kid around. So <laughs> it's either never going to get opened and never played with, or you just roll the dice and see what happens. I'm like, oh, man, I don't really want to roll the dice. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but it is a toy, and I got to try to think of it like that. It's, you know, it's meant well, to play it, with. I wanted to give it to a they are worth money now, though, so that's that's the other thing to consider. Uh, that's what I'm trying to th- keep in my mind. I'm like, so I could just sell them and make a fortune, or at least pay off something. So, it's yeah, hard for me well, to do that. <laughs> right, right, and uh, yeah, that would be fun because I I do have some pretty vivid memories of all of the uh, the individual figures and playsets and vehicles. I actually named a lot of them, you know, in this podcast. Cause I did have a lot. And so that would be fun to do in a future episode. And I, you know, I'm, this is one aspect of Christmas. Cause I did want to go into maybe some of the Christmas specials and stuff that we remember over the years, movies. Um, so maybe we'll do that. We'll save that for next Christmas and dive into to something like that, because I don't think we're going to have time to do another podcast before Christmas gets here. Uh, this year, that's what we want to do like Christmas in July or something, but <laughs> that might be a little weird. Yeah. But, uh, okay. Well that, I guess we'll, we'll end the, our top Christmas gifts discussion there. And, uh, I'll, I'll put it back in your court as to, uh, what are you thinking for episode number five, as far as the topic goes? Well, I think we were discussing this actually the other day. I'm trying to think what uh, I think it was the VHS. What we what we yeah. what we put on our VHSs, like uh, what do we have like the most of on one? Whether it you know for me it probably was like Dukes. For you it was um, oh you just said it too. Um, you fill a VHS full of what? What were they mostly of? And then maybe go if there's time to go through some of the I'll call it the haphazard recordings that you still would watch <laughs> you, know, you know i know for me it was kind of like you know maybe i'd see a couple mtv videos and then it might be an episode of night rider then it might be an episode of uh-huh. saved by the bell or whatever haphazard recordings uh, so i think that's what we'll do is we'll call it the the vhs episode okay okay and yeah i i do have a box maybe two boxes in uh, in my garage of old VHS tapes, I still believe it or not, we somewhat upgraded our TV <laughs> uh, just a few weeks ago, and we've got this huge fifty inch now, and I still have my VCR hooked up to it <laughs> because uh, there's some things I just have not converted over, like the Charlie Brown specials and some of our Christmas. Uh, movies and such are still on VHS. So I still have a pretty good collection of VHS tapes. And I know I've got a box, at least one box out there. That's just the, 
blank tapes that I recorded stuff on. So I'm going to have to dig that out and see if maybe you can dig out some of yours as we, uh, as we go through the episode and, uh, see if we can pull out some random ones and, and, uh, see what was written on there. Or I don't know if we've got time to pop it in or something just to see some that are, you know, maybe they're not marked. I, I typically marked mine. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I was recording something, I would write on the outside. If I recorded over, I'd scratch it out and write whatever else is on there, you know, that kind of a thing. But, uh, uh, that would be fun to, well, I, to dip into. Yeah, I know. I I marked every single one of them. I I would try to mark them unless it was a full episode. I would typically write kind of like uh, I will call it in a column order. You know, be up down as per episode. You know, up down up down up down across the little the little uh-huh. tiny face the the narrow face you would see on display. But uh, yeah, that'd be. I think it would be. Uh, one episode I did finally I never thought I'd see the day I do it, but I did purge a lot of my VHSs mm-hmm. mainly because I have them on DVD. So it was kind of like why have the redundancy when I have the better quality right. on DVD. Yeah. So I did do some purging. I still have a few. I know I still have a few. Uh, my intention is to actually watch them <laughs> to uh, to see what's really on them because I I know I have a few that have no labels, so I have no idea what's on them. I want to well, that'll be our, Yeah, that'll be our homework then. Let's see if we can figure out what's on some of these tapes. And I will on occasion if I know it's something rare or something maybe that hasn't been converted over to DVD, I'll still pick up a VHS tape in uh in the thrift shops or the the little antique mall I go to here on occasion. So I know some of them are valuable because, like I said, if, if they're not converted over yet, that's really the only way you can consume these unless uh, somebody's graciously put one out there on uh, YouTube right. to watch uh, and the you know the rights are not challenged or anything and it's available for viewing. But I think it would be fun, a real fun episode uh, oh, to yeah. talk about. So, cool. Okay, well... Uh, We'll do that on the next episode, and uh, if everybody will go over to the notes for this podcast and also on Rediscover the 80s, we'll post this. I think we're posting all of this on December the 15th, so go over there and uh, make sure you click over to the other sites and podcasts that are participating in this uh, Top Christmas Gifts collaboration and if you'll go do that and uh, check out those and follow them, uh, we're trying to, to, you know, basically uh, expand this as a community and, and connect with maybe some 80 sites that you, know, you don't know that are out there. So, right. uh, so go track those down. And then if you'll do one other thing for us, which is leave your comments on, uh, on some of the Christmas gifts you remember getting in the eighties. And again, maybe, you're not exactly the same ages as we were. Maybe you're a little bit older or something, but uh, I'm sure you can still remember some gifts that you got electronics and, you know, that kind of a thing. If you're a little bit older, you get that, a uh, cassette player radio in your car or something, you know, <laughs> but go ahead and do that. And on a, on our show notes to, uh, to, uh, episode four here. And, uh, we'll try to read those back and, 
again, we've kind of did a quick turn on these podcasts, so we didn't uh, didn't get to read back any uh, listener feedback to our Nickelodeon episode. But uh, make sure you go out there and and connect with us and uh, and check that out if you missed it. And our earlier episodes, as we, I, I don't know, I love this how we're doing this with the the topics and you know we're writing down ideas, but you know just like this VHS thing that kind of came up you know on a whim we had it written down in our ideas but it was nothing that we really planned oh this is going to be episode five and we're going to do this for episode six uh i like it this way i think it's yeah. fun yeah i like the dynamics so, all, all right, right man we'll, we'll take us on out of here all right well as the credits roll by i'd like to thank all of our listeners for joining us and allowing us into your ears Again, we invite your memories via the comments on rediscoverthe80s.com, on our social media outlets, which are many. Just ask Jason. And uh, join us again as we go running down Memory Jogger. This has been a production of the Rediscover the 80s podcast. Visit rediscoverthe80s.com to find our show notes for this episode and others. Join us again next time for the Memory Jogger podcast. Hey!